0: Hello, welcome to Build. Today I'm really excited because back in the studio I have Alexa, another PM here at Drift. And today we're going to talk about the story time. So a couple episodes we talked about the one pager, which is how to figure out and gather all the things you need for the problem that you want to solve. And today we're talking about what happens after the one pager, which is the story time. So we're going to talk about what it is, why it matters, and how you guys can do it with your teams as well. So the story time is what you do, like I said, after you write a one pager. It's how you go from outlining the job to be done to actually working on the solution. And it's the sort of the first step that you do as a whole team. So you've written the one pager as a PM, you've gathered all your requirements, and then you get in a room with your coworkers and that has to be design, it has to be engineering, and the actual people who are going to design and build the product with you. And then you get together and then you start to outline um, and clarify the problem that you're solving and develop open questions.
1: Yeah. And so I think the two key things to remember before you go into the room is the purpose of a story time is not for you guys to develop the solution. It's for you guys to develop open questions about how you might solve something. Um, And so that's an easy way for you guys to stay focused is remember that you're not developing and making decisions. You're just creating a list of questions you want to answer afterwards. Um, And it's also a really important time for you to share the context that you've been creating with the rest of your team and help them empathize with the user. Right.
0: Yeah, so I think one thing to call out is that story times should be simple. They should be fun, they it should be, should be but engaging. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into the tips and tricks on what we've learned yeah. over the course of time and how to make them a little bit more engaging, but everyone should speak and again like it's the entire team that should be in there and I think we can just get into what it looks like.
1: Yeah. That
0: sounds great. So the first step before you can even have the meeting, it's super important that every single person who's going to be there reads the one pager. So A, you have to have a one pager and B, people have to read it because what you don't want is having people come into a meeting sort of unprepared. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what problem you're solving. And then you, you end up wasting the first half of the meeting just talking about, you know,
1: things that people should already know. Right. So make sure the whole team comes prepared. Usually, we'll write the one pager and post it the day before we schedule a story time. Um, Our team uses Slack really heavily, so we use a Slack bot reminder one hour before the meeting and say, hey, don't forget, everybody come prepared. Please make sure you read this. Um, And then the three steps once you're in the room, the meeting room for story time are, one, um, it's your job to orient the team, two, together as a team, paint a picture about the customer pain and the job to be done. Um, And then step three is to develop ideas and open questions about how you might solve that pain. Um, So I think it's important to remember, as somebody leading the story time. You're not really a dictator or a leader. You're there to facilitate the conversation. So in these three steps, I have a a list of example questions that you can use to help facilitate the discussion. So step one, when you're orienting the team and helping them get focused on the problem, we come together, and I start. I always start every story time by saying, "What is our goal of this meeting?" Remind everybody that we're here not to create solutions, but to create a list of questions.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important. Actually, we were in a story time yesterday. A new PM on our team is his first story time, and afterwards, we were talking about you know how we could have done that better. And I think the one thing that we didn't do a great job of was zooming out and starting with, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Why does this matter? Not only for the specific problem that we're solving, but in the context of our business. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I like to remember is from the one pager to story time to all the steps that come after is that they're all moments where you can decide not to go forward. Yeah. Right? So like you have to remember why you're doing it and you have to be able to answer the question of should we still do it?
1: Yeah. And it's that's also a good opportunity for you to share your work with the rest of Mm -hmm. your team. Like I've worked with a lot of engineers and designers before who are highly skeptical. So it's your job to, sh- to say, like, you know, this is the research that's been completed. We've talked to these customers. Here's what we've been hearing. Here are the milestones that we've completed so far. And here's where we are in our journey together and kind of zoom everybody out of what you're there to do today. Right. And so and I think another important thing to start the story time with is here's what we're gonna do next after this story time. So it helps mm-hmm. kind of provide constraints around like, don't worry about this other idea that we're can that we going to tackle later. Like, let's mm-hmm. focus on right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important to call out is that when you're starting to do, to bring people in the room who maybe haven't done this type of thing before, if mm-hmm. you've never done a story time, you'll have people who start to think about the full scope of everything you could build and all the yeah. problems you could solve. Yeah. And then it's really hard mm-hmm. to focus on the one thing that you wanna work on. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's probably a good way to sort of say, we know that these other things exist, yeah. but we're not going to work on them today.
1: Yeah. yeah. And doing it up front helps prevent any rabbit holing later on in the discussion. Oh, yeah. um, so that's step one, orienting the team. Step two, together we paint a picture about the customer pain and what the job to be done is. Some of the worst story times that I've led have been ones where I was the one who wrote down the job to be done, all the research about the customer, things we know about them. Mm-hmm. And I think, one, it's not only because um, – it's not only because I was the one talking at the team and sharing that context, but it was also because I didn't give the rest of the team an opportunity to get comfortable mm-hmm. talking out loud and sharing their ideas. And so, step 2 painting the job to be done is really like a softball way to get your team to start speaking up, mm-hmm. right? So so I'll get in front of the room and I'll say like, "Okay, like who's the user that we're solving for today? Which persona are we focused on?" Mm-hmm and then we'll go through like the clay christensens like what progress are they trying to make mm-hmm. what is their ideal outcome here what's preventing them from making that progress what do they care about socially emotionally functionally like really getting ourselves into the shoes of the user and helping us understand what they what they want
0: what happens if someone in the room or no one Speaks.
1: Yeah, I think that's why it's I think that's why every step I have a list of questions is because mm-hmm. it's your job to come prepared with those juicy questions that will right. help people speak. And to be honest, sometimes I'll, I'll try and like call people out and say like, hey, how are you thinking about this? Mm-hmm. And what's really helpful is story time doesn't have to be about your personal opinion. It's mm-hmm. more of like, do you think this would help the user get to where they're trying to go? If and if you try and orient the team around the user, it makes it less of a like this is my idea, it's a good or bad idea. It's more right. about like things that they've heard.
0: Yeah. And you shouldn't even be talking about ideas specifically. Yeah. Right? Because if if the goal of the meeting is to define the problem and develop open questions, then you're talking about the problem that you want to solve and not any idea that you have of the solution. Mm. Right, and I think that's something that we always talk about, which is, especially as PMs, I think you've done all the work to build, um, that to write that one pager, and then you probably, in the course of doing that, have some sense of what you want Mm. to build or you think you should build or some assumptions about that, especially if you've, like, picked a role model. So then I think it's really easy to go into a story time and say and to frame the whole discussion in a way that that gets the team to say the things you want them to say to get the solution that you want them to build. And I think it's really... Important as a PM or whoever's facilitating to not do that and let the team.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important clarification, right? It's not that it's not that you shouldn't be talking about ideas at all during Mm -hmm. story time, but like as a PM, I try and be the last person to share my ideas because I want to influence the team as the least amount possible. Right, right. Because we're bringing the problems, and it's their job to figure out the solutions. And what's and what I'm always fascinated by is like. The process it takes to develop a shared language and all of the assumptions that we have, mm-hmm. even though we're solving the same problem, mm-hmm. every single time I go into a story time, there's always, like, some context that I haven't considered or some idea that I haven't considered or something that's, like, really important to the user that another person on my team has thought about. Right. Which you wouldn't get if you sort of tried to influence, tried to influence them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's steps to painting a picture about the customer pain and the job to be done. Um, a, Quick tip is, is I'll sometimes draw a like a picture of a user profile on the board. It's like a silly way to get people comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really nice about Drift is we have a lot of internal customers. So yeah. we'll pick some of our favorite sales reps um, or we'll pick some of our favorite people on the marketing team. Mm-hmm. But again, reminder that you're a facilitator, not a dictator here. So as much as possible, you should be talking the least. Yeah. So step three is for you as a team to develop ideas and then open questions. So. Questions that I help use to facilitate this part of the discussion are, like, how might we solve this pain? What do we know that users are doing today that that they're using to solve this problem? Um, and then some inversion, like, what will this look like if it's successful? What will this look like if it fails? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what open questions do we have around how we might approach these these solutions? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and we kind of keep iterating over these questions and um, and and solidifying this list of questions. Uh, open questions in.
0: Right. And then at the end of that, you have just tactically, you'll have a whiteboard that has usually some part of it, which has outlined the person and the problem that you're solving for. And you have this like big, jumble of open questions. And I yeah, so it's
1: like three parts. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have like the user and the job to be done and then mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of random ideas and it gets like kind of chaotic in the middle. And mm-hmm. then on the right it's like your clarified list of open questions that you pulled out of that right. that idea and brainstorm.
0: Right. And I think it's the really important thing to remember is that it's not just that you develop this list of open questions. It's that then you have to go one by one through the questions, decide which ones you're actually mm-hmm. going to answer and add a DRI. Yes. Or directly responsible individual. Yeah. Because if you if you think about it, if you go through this whole process, you yeah. leave the meeting and you don't decide who's going to answer those questions. Yeah. You'll never answer them and you'll all just build what you assumed you'd build in the first place. Yeah. Which I've definitely seen happen if we were trying to move really quickly and you do a story time because you're supposed to, but then everyone just does what they thought they would do. Um, teeing up
1: Maggie's next episode. <laughs> it's also important for yeah. you to uh, assign the date. And so mm-hmm. the way we work backward Backwards from the the deadline for each open question being answered is mm-hmm. when you're hoping to kick off that okay. uh, that piece of work. So I'm sure one of your next episodes will be yes. the kickoff. Um, so yeah, we 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 try and say here's our goal for kickoff, and then here's here's when we need to answer these open questions by. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, and I think another thing that I try to remember is that you can come back to story time. So you, you, there's mm-hmm. not a limit on, you know, you only get to do it once, and when you yeah. do it, that's it. I think depending on the complexity of the problem you're trying to yes. solve, you might come back and do it again based on what you learn when you answer those open questions, yeah. right? Because you might uncover a technical limitation. This has happened to me before. Yeah. We thought we were going to do something. All of a sudden, we uncover some sort of dependency or thing that we just yeah. can't solve, and then we'll come back and re-story time with that constraint in mind.
1: Yeah, and one and of my favorite one of my favorite things about story time is sometimes a team will say to me that I've made too many assumptions about what the user wants mm-hmm. and we need more information from the user, mm-hmm. right? And so so sometimes story time ends by saying like hey PM like you haven't done your job well enough. We don't have specific examples and we don't have enough proof. Yeah. And that's definitely happened before. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think also I've had I had a story time a couple of weeks ago where we decided that we we had a pretty good set of assumptions that we were mm-hmm. going in with, but we knew we wanted to get more customer research early as early as possible yeah. because we wanted to test some of the big assumptions we were making the solution and so part of like one of the open questions from the story time was someone go talk to these five customers and figure out you know whether we're thinking about this
1: the right way yeah cool yeah so quick tip I always try and end story times with a meeting checklist making sure I've hit everything on this list so the first Maggie said was make sure all of our questions have DRIs and due dates um which are your action items leaving the meeting to make sure that story time is actionable. And then um, making sure we have a DRI responsible for transcribing all of those questions and, and keeping our notes and ideas on mm-hmm. the one pager. So that one pager, again, is that living document that kind of follows us through the journey of building products. Yep. And then one of my favorite and most important pieces of the story time is making sure that we have an agreed upon tagline that represents mm-hmm. the story and the solution. So it's kind of it, it, it's kind of a way for the team to create a three or four word sentence that really summarizes the story that we're trying to solve for. And this anchors the team as they're iterating and building and making their own micro decisions together. They can remember exactly where we're trying to go and what we're trying to solve.
0: Yeah, I think it's exactly like The leadership principles that we have as a company, which Mm. are things that we use to guide our decision-making and tie-break things and focus ourselves, having a tagline as a team means that every time you're making a decision or every time you're trying to do something, you can just sort of check yourself against that thing that you're trying to do.
1: Yeah. It helps focus you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what – let's think about the story times you've actually done. What is the most unsuccessful or worst story time that you ran?
1: I think all of my (laughs) – all of the first story times I ever tried to run. So story time was kind of born out of um, the conflict of us trying together as a team and figure out what we were trying to build. Mm-hmm. And we would always we would always end those meetings with people fighting and butting heads about like how their solution was right or, or somebody else's solution was right. And and there was really like no structured way for us to get on the same page. Um, and so I think the worst story times are. Um, one, making sure you're not drawing out everyone's assumptions up front. and that's why we try and do um, mm-hmm. the the full team gets together and tries to say, like, this is my assumption about the user pain. This is my assumption about the progress they're trying to make and 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 that's why it's so important to do that up front. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the worst ones that I've been involved in or that were definitely my fault were, um, it's always our fault. it's definitely always <laughs> our fault.. Uh, yeah. Not engaging people in the problem well enough mm-hmm. and not telling a good enough story. I know that there's a million Seeking Wisdom and Build episodes about storytelling and how yeah. important writing is. But this is one of those moments where it really, you can really tell how important it is. Because if you do a bad job of explaining why what you're working on matters and is important and is interesting, the room is just going to be silent. And we've all been there, and there's just gonna be a team of people just looking at you, sort of thinking about whether why this meeting is wasting their time. So it's so important to come with that like energy, examples, customer yeah. quotes, just anything you can do to get the room sort of excited. Yeah,
1: but and I think what's key about that is making sure you tell the story well in the one pager, mm-hmm. right? Because I've seen story times fail where the PM will spend the first 15 minutes repeating everything that's in the one pager, and yep. then you've wasted half of the meeting, and then the team is just kind of staring at you, waiting for you to tell them exactly what to do. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what was the best one that you've done?
1: I think the best of my favorite one was... When we were painting the job to be done, mm-hmm. we realized that to really understand where the user was coming from, we needed to understand like where we fit into their day to day process. Yeah. And so we we drew out a user journey of like you know this is what the sales rep does when they get into work. Here's when they open Drift. Here's when they might be leaving their desks, and here's mm-hmm. where we might need to fit into that. Um, and it really helped everybody get excited about like the little nuances of making sure we capture users attention like mm-hmm. too often when we're designing solutions we just we as- we assume the best and assume that they're like they're they care about using our product mm-hmm. they are engaged they already understand right. what it's going to do for them mm-hmm. um and so that was a really powerful moment
0: yeah I think yeah, making sure that your job to be done is well defined and mm-hmm. scoped at the beginning leads to much better story times. Yeah,
1: and and always come prepared with specific examples, mm-hmm. like specific things that customers that you can name and bring up a picture of have tried to do. Yeah,
0: what about you? Mentioned taglines. What's the best tagline that you guys have had?
1: <laughs> um. So we were. We were designing something for our ABM product. Mm-hmm. So ABM is account-based marketing. It's basically when your marketing and your sales team work together to create a targeted approach to try and um, bring an account into the business. So marketing will send them, you know, swag or try and create mm-hmm. content to get their attention. Mm-hmm. And so our tagline was, when you're a target account, you're family. It's basically a plan, like the Olive Garden (laughs) tagline. Yeah. Um, But so what we were trying to create was, like, this fast lane experience where it made them feel welcome, made them feel like we already knew who they were. Um, And so, yeah, our team likes pasta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think wherever you can, even if you don't have a neat tagline based on Olive Garden, at least – Naming your feature yeah. or giving it, giving the project that you're working on some sort of name that's not only relevant to the engineering team and the design team, but also the full company mm. is so helpful because yeah. then when people, it's, oh, it helps you get them excited. It helps mm. you sort of communicate what you're working on. And I think it's really easy. It's it's hard to explain ABM maybe to someone yeah. who doesn't have that matter to them in their day to day, but it's easy to say when you're a target account, your family.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, it doesn't, the tagline doesn't always have to. Perfectly describe the problem. It can also des- describe like how you want to solve the problem mm-hmm. and plan to flag for the team. And mm-hmm. so, another example uh, for a product we were building is we wanted to make it as WYSIWYG as possible, like make it so that whatever the user sees is what they got as their output. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of our hashtag, our tagline for that story time, Um, which made it really easy because there was a lot of complexity in how we wanted to solve it. But Mm -hmm. that helped share the why and like the where we're going with the team. And and then it was easy for us to solve from there.
0: Cool. I think the only other thing that that I would mention about story times and tips and tricks is a phrase that Trevor on our team always says, which is pencils, not pixels. So, again, I think we've all dealt with a stereotypical engineering team who might want to go very, very deep into some details. Mm. And it's really important to say, you know, this is our opportunity to think at the pencils, not pixels level. We're just sort of sketching out problems. We're thinking about options. And this is when everyone on the team gets to be involved. So I think another point when I was on a team where we didn't do story times, which is we would get to the point where someone's building something and maybe it didn't turn out the way we wanted and then the the person building it would say like, well, this is what you asked for. Yeah. Right. And they don't have any agency over the thing Mm. that they're building and so they don't really care about it. And this allows you as a team to get everyone excited before you've done anything. Yeah. So by the time you're actually building the thing everyone's already bought into the problem, they're bought into the solution, they've been involved in it from Mm. day one and so it's a team thing, just a my PM told me to build this thing.
1: Yeah. And what another way to prevent the rabbit holing, like you mentioned, is mm-hmm. to ask the question, like, how might we develop this into a question that we can answer later on yeah. and try and like bring everybody back? Smart.
0: All right. So everyone listening, we want you to do a story time. It can be hard at first. Please They're try it out. Hard, yeah. first. They're always Tweet hard. at us. Yeah. We'll,
1: we'll try and share as much twi- tips and tricks as we
0: can. Yeah. Yeah, so please do a story time. Tell us all about it. Leave us a review. I think we need some shout-outs for Alexa in the reviews. I don't think you, you've had any yet. No. So six stars for Alexa. Thank you for listening.
1: And that's it. Thank you.